Hello, everybody. We're here in Guelph, Ontario. It's a beautiful sunny day, and Ontario's in Canada. And I am here with Ryan and Maria. Hi. <laughs> hey, John. We're here for uh, a gathering called the Move In Conference. That's an organization of regular people uh, moving into neighborhoods of need across Canada and around the world with people maybe who have never heard about Jesus. And so Ryan and Maria live in Manila, the capital of the Philippines. And they, uh, Ryan, when did you move to Manila again? I moved to Manila first in October 2015. All right, so that's getting over two years. And Maria, how about yourself? November 2016. Yes, all right. Ryan and Maria live in an unreached urban poor area. Yeah. What do people call those kinds of areas in Manila? Yeah, in the Philippines, the unreached urban poor are primarily almost 100% uh, Muslim squatter communities. Uh, so we live in a community called Royal Village, and uh, which is a mix of a bunch of different people groups, all Muslim immigrants from the southern Philippines. Okay. Yeah, and so uh, in the spirit of what Move In is about, you guys as followers of Jesus moved right into that neighborhood, Royal Village? We are living on the inside. <laughs> okay. And here we are on this podcast, Zeal, one of the earlier episodes, just getting the ball rolling. And... I just really appreciate you guys. Uh, we've been friends for a couple, I mean, Ryan, we've been friends since 2012 at least. We've had just a, a hilarious journey of following Jesus over the years and grown a lot together. It's been really cool. And Maria, I think uh, I visited Manila shortly after you landed there, right? So Yeah, that was crazy. You and your brother. <laughs> yeah, me and my little brother, Michael. So shout out to Michael. We have you know, been doing this stuff. I've been living in some places in Toronto and um, we've just gotten to know God along the way together as much as anything. So that's what we're here to talk about is just a little bit about that journey in our lives. And so, yeah, Ryan, you visited a move-in team in Toronto. Was it the summer of 2011? And that was, the, that was about two years, I guess, after move-in got rolling? Yeah, I think so, about that. It started in East Toronto, uh, a fellow named Nigel Paul put this vision out and people kind of connected to it. And yeah, so here we were in university, I guess. And I, if I remember basically asking what on earth, like who on earth is God and how do we follow him? Does yeah. that ring a bell? Do you remember any of those conversations? Like, I definitely remember. And I think earlier you said it was a hilarious journey. And I yeah. think that's true <laughs> because I think we probably looked pretty hilarious as we were um, asking some really basic questions. Yeah. And uh, I, I remember thinking, who is this John guy questioning all these things that I knew to be true? And then realizing afterwards that, uh, that I also needed to repent of so many of those, uh, those things. So thank you, John, for turning me on to repentance. <laughs> Got it. Oh, man. Yeah. So fast forward, I think that fall you told me about moving. The years went by. And Ryan, you went to the Philippines. Pokey smokes. <laughs> <laughs> so what was that about? <laughs> Good question. I ask myself the same thing sometimes. Um, so my, my story of going to the Philippines uh, starts with um, uh, Viv Grigg is, is the name of the guy that I heard, a keynote speaker at a move-in conference in 2014 who himself is a, a Kiwi from New Zealand and lived in a, a squatter community. He moved to a squatter community back in the 70s in Manila, Tondo. 
and uh, since then lived in many other squatter communities or slums around the world and now is uh, encouraging and challenging young people like myself to go throw away their lives for Jesus <laughs> in the slums where no one else wants to go. And so I was challenged by that. Um, and then it was Nigel Paul, actually, who kind of crystallized that challenge uh, by quoting someone else who said, there are many who are willing to go, but planning to stay. Mm. And, and not enough who are planning to go, yet willing to stay. And that really struck me because it made me realize that I'm actually not willing to go. At that point, mm. I was not willing. I thought that, you know, you know, there's this Jesus guy who, who died for my sins and who gave me new life and who demonstrated this new kingdom way of being. And like, there's nothing better to do than to follow Jesus. And Jesus, I'm willing to follow you anywhere. And then this idea of moving to a, a slum overseas came up and like, okay, let me revise that. I'm willing to go anywhere except for the slums in the, in the Philippines. And then, um, so, I, so I realized at that point that, okay, I'm actually not willing, but that's not good. I need to repent of that. Uh, and so again, this thing about repentance uh, comes up for me and it, and it was painful and it took a lot of prayer uh, from myself and other people praying for me. But eventually I got to the point where I could say, okay, now I am willing. So willing, in fact, that I'm planning on, on going. You know, I never actually heard God say to me, Ryan, go live in a slum in the Philippines. You know, I, I did not hear that voice, but I did hear quite strongly God saying to me, Ryan, you need to be willing to go anywhere that I call you. Mm. And planning. Yeah. <laughs> and so in order to, to prove that I'm willing, I'm like, okay, well, what better way to prove that I'm willing than to actually go? <laughs> Got it. Yeah. And so at that point, I had no idea where I would be go or what, what I would be doing or, or how to do it or, or, you know, so many unanswered questions, right? Mm -hmm. but, uh, but at least, uh, you know, I have this, I'm planning to go at some point yeah. <laughs> to go live in a slum. Yeah. <clears throat> And Maria, meanwhile, you were in was Ottawa, Canada? Yeah, I was in Ottawa, and I lived in a patch there, a patch, an unreached urban poor area in Ottawa, which was mostly Syrian, so Little Syria, that's what it was called. Got it. I think we connected at the move-in conference again in 2016. So how did you end up at that conference and... Like, what was your story leading up to that? Well, it's funny. It it's funny again hearing Ryan's story because yeah. I feel like it's similar to mine where um, that prayer of God, if you want me to go, where do you want me to go? Are, and I will follow you anywhere. That dangerous prayer that they always say. <laughs> it's the reason why it's so dangerous because he'll send you. Um, and uh, I was really praying and really feeling like God was saying to me, go to a home you never knew. And I'm mm. Filipino. My uh, dad is from Davao City. And uh, so that was really the, the home I never knew. And in praying about that process, I was praying about missions about working for a nonprofit, what that could possibly look like and I remember meeting Ryan at that conference and saying to him I think I'm gonna do move-in in the Philippines like I think God wants me to do move-in and he like totally didn't believe me remember that <laughs> he was like who is this girl she's not going to do that but I was like in my heart I knew that if that's what God wanted me to do then it would happen and so 
starting the planning and then essentially saying to God, okay, anytime now we can stop this. Like anytime now this can be ended. Mm. Like when it came to support raising, I said, Lord, okay, if you want me to go, you're going to pay for it because I can't pay for it. <laughs> um, and I don't, uh, and so I received my, all my support almost in two months. It was crazy because so many times I was like, okay, this crazy train can end now. But really what was my heart was, um, besides that calling of feeling like to go back to a place I never knew, a home that I never knew, was also the ability to live among the bottom billion. And that's really rare. Uh, A lot of expats are not allowed to live um, in slum areas uh, because of safety concerns. And so, and it's a risk. For sure, a risk that um, I think is um, worthy of taking, but a lot of organizations don't agree with that. So (laughs) praise God for moving because that is our heart to to live among the bottom billion and to be incarnational in that way. So that's kind of how I got started. Who have you gotten to know God to be, you know, since you've... um gone on this giant crazy journey of a new place mm-hmm. tons of probably perspective altering things i don't know yeah. um hmm, god uh i was born and raised catholic um and i loved the liturgy in being catholic and uh i love the mystery of it and uh, the beauty in it Um, but I always felt that God was very distant. He was very fearful. You were supposed to have very, a lot of fear of God and guilt, Catholic guilt. Um, and so when I heard the gospel, when I was in university and heard about the love of Jesus, um, the love of Jesus, which reconciles all our sins and reconciles towards God, I, I was like, this is something I've been wanting my whole life, to know that I belong to God, that I had a place um, with Him and uh, a plan for my life and, and the grace um, through Jesus. And so I, I received the gospel and, and got really plugged into the evangelical church, uh, which I loved. It was amazing home. Um, and uh, that's how I was sent with Move In. Um, interesting enough, though, I think uh, as I reflect upon my um, uh, the six years I spent in the evangelical church, which I'm still evangelical, um, there was a, a particular packaging of the of what it meant to be a Christian, and it was very much packaged in a very Western way in a very head-heavy way, where it was very much about the proper theology or what you were reading, Calvinism, all these different things. And the way in which we worshipped or which we practiced spirituality was very much also a Western perspective. Um, And I really found myself trying to fit myself so much into a box that I couldn't naturally fit into. And it wasn't really until going to the Philippines and seeing the chaos around me and the struggle and um and usually how you know like we would do it you you know like 
would be like, oh, you need to read the Bible more and you need to listen to worship music. And, and I tried and I tried, I tried to like study the Bible and I would try to listen to sermons and I would try to play worship music on blast, but nothing would make me feel the presence of God. I just couldn't sense that he was there with me in this. And I love how in, in Genesis, after Cain kills Abel, God says to him, then you will part from my sight. And, and Cain can't imagine anything more horrific than to be without the presence of God. So um, that's when I started really reading and learning about contemplation and learning um, the, the practices of contemplation, of silence and meditation um, and the stillness. Uh, which oftentimes comes a lot from a Catholic, uh, from Catholic practices. And it was actually a nun who taught me how to do proper meditation, which is amazing. That's I love so nuns. Good. I love nuns. I'm like too close to becoming a nun, but I don't really want to. Um, but, um, and it was, and I think in that, oh my goodness, it, it sustained me. Hmm. It sustained me for what we experience. Hmm. And the relationships that we had, the trauma, the secondary trauma, um, wrestling with it, the culture shock, the anger. I was shocked at the anger that came out of me from what I saw. And uh, finding stillness with God, finding rest in Him, knowing helped me to relinquish control and helped me to see that Jesus was bigger than the suffering and was also in it at the same time to hold the tensions the hold that is something that I've really learned the both and the ands and holding the tension of what is good and what is evil and what is mystery and what is known and what is um here in this world but what is to come so um yeah still yeah I would say that instead of having a God where I would, you know, ask, ask for prayer requests and expect them to be answered or like this very kind of give and take. It was more like finding this home in God. Mm. This, yeah. That you just lived the rest of your life with, that you encountered whatever, mm-hmm. you know, brokenness or mess that came across. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah and sense. just to know that like the way that we like the way that God has built, created us reflects him in some way, shape or form. And we don't have to fit ourselves into these boxes of what other people say is a Christian. You know, God is so much bigger than those boxes. Jesus breaks every box I know. And then I, when I read his word, like when I read the word, I, it just speaks to me in that mm. way. Wow. Appreciate that. Wow, I feel like we could be talking probably for three to five to eight hours and still feel like we were scratching the surface here, guys. <laughs> so I don't anticipate getting to a point where we're thinking, well, I guess that's it then. <laughs> so, But uh, it's so great to have you guys here, and thank you for sharing. I know it's going to be a busy weekend. Maybe we can get on again and, and, uh, and discuss a little bit more. So thank you for sharing what you have so far, and yeah. God bless you in your endeavors. Hopefully we can speak again soon.